Allie. How are you, love? I am great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Allie. I'm 27 years old. I currently live in Champaign, Illinois, um, in the Midwest, where I met Robin in high school. Um, I am engaged to my fiance, Aken. Um, we met in 2017, I think, yes. Um, and we met, we were both on a trip in Las Vegas with our friends. Um, and we met at a pool party in Vegas. Um, apparently what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas, I guess. Um, <laughs> so now we have a beautiful baby. She's going to be two in May. And we are getting married on April 30th. So panicking. <laughs> oh, don't panic. I know wedding planning and stuff is definitely stressful. Right. I'm like, telling everyone, I'm like, you guys should just elope because wedding planning. <laughs> yes, girl. I feel you. So can you describe to us in one word um, what motherhood means to you or what motherhood is? Yes. Um, motherhood is overwhelming. Um and that is not in bad ways. It's right. an overwhelming amount of love that you've like never knew you even had in your heart. Um, it's like an overwhelming amount of emotions. You have like this intense anxiety, this intense love, these intense fears for your child that you've like never experienced ever. Um, like no one can really prepare you for the emotion, the emotions that motherhood brings you. Um, you're overwhelmed with like what a blessing you have in front of you. You're overwhelmed with exhaustion. Um, you're overwhelmed yes. with your responsibility, demands, all these things. Um, it's just an overwhelming list of everything combined at once. Awesome. So y'all, it's your girl, Flower Mama Mia. And I'm Robin. Just Miss Jazz. I'm me. <laughs> Miss Allie is our special guest. Today we are talking about raising a biracial daughter. Um, actually, while we're talking about this, before we get into your questions about like raising a biracial daughter, just explain to us what's your journey into motherhood looking like and what has lessons that has taught you about yourself. Um, well, my journey into motherhood was unexpected um it was not so <laughs> right I literally took a pregnancy test and laughed I was like this could never happen to me like are you kidding me um <laughs> but um Ken and I were dating beforehand um and we were living our best lives traveling um doing what 25 year olds do at the time um and then surprise, we're pregnant and we made do with the blessing that was in front of us. Um, but that time of our lives, like especially my pregnancy was a very stressful time of our lives because um, we had so much unexpected and like question marks that were in front of us. Because at the time I was living in Los Angeles um, and my fiance is from the East Coast. He's from New Jersey. Um, so at the time, he was actually in his master's program um, in New York. So he still had to finish that. We had a bi-coastal relationship. So we were back and forth. And I'm, I mean, pregnancy for some people is like blissful and you get to soak it up. And I feel like our entire pregnancy was 
like stress. Like, what are we going to do next? Um, we don't, we're living apart. We're not married. So we had that stigma of telling our parents that we got pregnant without being married. Um, and then we just had to figure out what, what was next for us. Um, so I felt like we went into it kind of very stressed, um, which also led to my pregnancy being not the most healthiest. My blood pressure was out of control. They ended up inducing me um, a month before I was due um, for the safety of both me and my child. Um, and all of that was traumatic. But then she got here and she's perfect and she's beautiful. And it's like all that, all the worries kind of went out the door because it was like everything you worried about, you find out is just so small when, when she's finally here. Um, but overall, um, I was, we were learning how to navigate this new baby and learning how to be parents and then learn how to be a mom. And that's like lessons in itself. Like you're learning new things every single day. You have no idea what you're doing. No matter how many people say they know what they're doing, no one knows what they're doing. Um, and like, I feel like as soon as I was finally getting confident in my motherhood, and it was like, what, six months in ish, um, then the pandemic hit. So then you go from like, finally learning how to be yourself again, I was finally kind of going out with friends again, learning how to be a mom and manage my social life at the same time. And then the pandemic hit. So then motherhood became like isolating almost. And um, it was just a different role of trying to figure out how to raise my child when she can't even be social with other people or um, have any stimulation from the outside world, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I like how you said that isolation because I feel like a lot of mothers, especially when you're pregnant, you know, me is one person also who was pregnant during the whole pandemic. Well, I mean, she just had a baby, so and we still in a pandemic. Right. So like, it's yeah. right now, yeah. a lot of new mothers, and I agree with you. And then it's even trying to obtain that mom and social life balance. Yeah, it's stressful within right. itself. Like when you describe motherhood is, and you said it's overwhelming during this time period when the pandemic happened, I think it was overwhelming just for women all over. Yeah, mothers right. all over because we couldn't go out. Right. We couldn't break. We had grandparents that were there for you to even fight the kids over because, you know, you don't want to get them sick. Like, right. it, it is stressful. Like, right now, it's stressful. Yeah. Absolutely. With that being said, Miss Allie, I'm. I want to know what do you classify your child as? Do you classify your child as black, mixed, white? Especially with all like the racial tendencies growing up, going on right now. If y'all didn't know, her fiance is black. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's very black. Um, and um, and I'm very white. So <laughs> he's a beautiful mix of both worlds. Um, it was kind of a toss up genetically. I don't know what was going to happen there, but um, no. She, I think part of loving your child is acknowledging their skin color and loving who they are. And she is definitely melanin kissed and curly dark hair. And she's definitely, she's her mother. <laughs> I love it. She's very, very pretty. I already tell you all the time, the twins, you know, they, she get to choose which yes, one. Yes, there's an arranged marriage already. She's like really <laughs> but that, that's actually that's actually um i'm reading a book called more than enough that's what i was talking to you about um and in the book she talks about when she was first born you know 
her parents, her mom is black and her dad is white. And she was raised a black child. That's what her mom said that she was. I mean, well, that's what her parents both said. They both acknowledged that they were a black daughter. And she has the black children in America because one thing about America is they judge, we, we the country judges people how the way they look. Right. Mm-hmm. How you dress, your hairstyle, um, everything. We literally, America is based off how you look. And that's just that as a parent, we have to be comfortable with because I do, I we, um, my girlfriend has a friend who adopted a black child. They're actually um, white. And when they adopted her, she is full black. She has very coily, kinky hair. And one of the best, first things they did when they adopted her, because they adopted her, I think she was like two or three, they knew at that very moment that they had to find a hairstylist that was going to be doing her hair. Because one thing about black children, and black women is her hair is our crown. That is so important. So you noticing the rip that your child is gonna be she's black, she's gonna have curly hair. When people see her, you know, she's brown. She's definitely gonna be brown in the summertime. I can tell by her tan, she's gonna be a brown. Oh yeah, oh for sure. And that's okay. As long as you you're comfortable with it, everything's gonna be fine. So no, I feel know. like if you have any black in you that people automatically like even if she was 25% black and 75% white I feel like people are automatically say you're black if you're black presenting do you think one day your daughter will have to pick a side because I can I mean with everything going on in America right now just across the world I feel like mixed people mixed they're having a issue. I don't know, I'm kind of on the words articulate this. I'm sorry, y'all. Like an identity crisis. Trying to identify, well, like I'm black, I'm white, and then so much like issues, social issues, issues, injustice are going on. You know, they don't know which side to pick. Right. No, I I agree. Um, and I feel like this is like hard to answer because she's still so little. But as she grows into an adult and and her child age years these are things that we're gonna have to talk about and discuss with her um and with the climate of the country i mean racism is nothing new this is nothing new it's just more vocal and at the forefront right now because of what is going on in our country um and i mean i don't think it will necessarily she'll have to pick between black or white i feel like she would have to pick between like non-ignorance or ignorance like right right around like like, to be around people that support and love our family for what they are and the mixed races that come with it um because even as a mother i've had to choose to remove myself from relationships or situations that don't support the uniqueness of my family um especially with the climate of our country like i said um people are more vocally um racist like on their social media you can just see things that you never thought would come out of people's mouths that are people are saying and i've just had to make my own decisions um among some of my own relationships where it's like I, this person is not for my family because they obviously have different values than what we believe. Hey, Ali, you're a nurse, right? Yes. 
How is that been in um, the pandemic being a nurse and a mom? That is a little different for me now. Before I was, um, before I had Mila, I was working in the ICU in Los Angeles, um, which is a whole different oh, world. Wow. Um, I was, I, I had a career that I loved, um, and I was working in the hospital in the ICU. But once I had Mila, then I took some time off, and then the pandemic hit, and I had moved across the country, so I didn't have a job at the time. So. Um, I was like, I don't know how I can go back into the hospital in the middle of a pandemic with a newborn. So I ended up taking on a different role. Um, I'm a patient advisory nurse now, which is all telephone based. So I work from home and I work and take phone calls for like the emergency room for clinics. Um, It's basically a streamlined process. You can call and some people are having heart attacks. Some people need a doctor's appointment. Like you just assess them via phone as opposed to in person. And that might change for me in the future. Um, but it's working best for our family right now. Cause I'm working from home. I can be with Mila. I'm working around a Ken's schedule. Um, but with the pandemic, yes, I affected me going back into the ICU. Cause I was honestly terrified. I was like, I, that was right when I was coming off maternity leave. And I was like, I can't go back into this hospital and come home to my newborn. Cause a lot of the nurses at the beginning, especially, were going and living in hotels or something like that instead of going home to their families because they didn't want to expose their families to what they've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. How was the culture shock, though? Because your fiance's from East Coast, and he y'all moved to Champagne, right? Right. Um, <laughs> he because um, he grew up in like New York City suburbs, like it's a total three sixty from where. Yeah. Um, where we are now. Um, I mean, he, we're making it work right now. It was the best decision for our family as we were getting started. Um, I don't know that this is our long-term home. Um, and honestly, we haven't had to do much in Champagne because we were at home. So it's like no matter where we were in the country right now, um, we'll be home. It's not like we're like out in about um we're just now starting to do that again like he's finally leaving the home for his job again like he we're finally leaving working from home so he's getting a little bit of the taste of um like surrounding areas of champagne which is um not so ideal like champagne obviously has its diversity um with like the big 10 um campus like that we bring in different culturally different people to the campus, but once you leave Champagne like 10 minutes out, it's like, oh, this is not, this is a little different. Yeah, it definitely is. So, yeah. So, um, I know growing up, all of the mixed people I knew, they constantly talked about having to, um, they don't feel white enough or they don't feel black enough. So, you as a mother, how do you feel about her like feeling left out and like what do you I know like we talked about she's really young but mm-hmm. soon she's going to be playing and being groups like what what do you plan to how do you plan to deal with it if she comes home and says like you know like I when I'm with the white girls I don't feel white enough when I'm with the black girls I don't feel black enough and now I just feel kind of left out you know what I'm saying so. right I feel like that's like the only thing we can do is prepare her for like the cruelties of this world um there's no like straight conformed answer for that. Um, I feel like we have to educate and celebrate her differences and celebrate other people's differences, teach her that as well. We're all different people. Um, 
And that as she gets older, she's going to be faced with different obstacles that I, as a white woman, have never had to deal with and things that I honestly can't speak on because those are not my experiences. Um, but what I, all I can do is educate myself, educate her, educate people around us um, or people that we come in contact with so that we can raise her with love and raise her with confidence to be confident in who she is um, to navigate this world because I don't ever want her to feel like she's not welcome or not accepted in certain, certain ways. Um, but obviously the inevitable is going to happen because of the world we live in. Um, and that's just something we're gonna have to navigate as, as it comes that her father and I will have to deal with. Um, I feel like it'll be important that we immerse her in like the different cultures and surround her with racially diverse kids, um, and families, um, and make sure that she gets a good dose of each side so that she, she knows that. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that messed up? Because like people are judging you based off of your parents' love for each other to have you. It's like, Right. You're not big enough, or you're not white enough. That's so fucked up to say. <laughs> not my mind. I didn't ask them for They did it out of love. The fuck? Like, right. Like, I always say this. I say mix, I always say mixed people have the best of both worlds because they know how to navigate. Just culturally, they know how to navigate with you know the white side or the black side or the Mexican side, whatever side that they're splitting. Because I feel like black people ourselves, we don't even know the fact that we're. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Our real deal nationalities, like yeah. it, it's just fucked up for us. But you know, it, it, and it, as it, she it. as she gets older, because um, Zion actually has been telling me that he's brown, and I didn't, you know, I've been trying to figure out like what age do kids start to notice they right. are what mm-hmm. he's been coming home like I'm brown, you're brown, right? Pebbles brown, grandma's brown. Like he knows that we're brown skin, mm-hmm. right? And, well, that's just like you said, is putting put her in rooms where she feels confident in and comfortable because at the end of the day, we as time goes on, we just can hope that the, the world is a better place for our kids. And the only way we're going to get there is that if we are more comfortable and confident in who we are and we navigate and we teach something. And the cool thing about you guys, her living in Champagne right now, is Champagne is very diverse. Right. Uh, it's very diverse and to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. It's some, there's some stuff, like, <laughs> but it's everywhere. But it's everywhere. It's but it's everywhere. a very like diverse. You know, me right. going to high school with you. You know, I used to call you guys my snow bunny, which was a joke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I actually hung out with you guys like right. in high school, which is you know right. different. But I actually went to an HBCU in Tennessee, which right. is a different culture than. Growing up and going to a high school where it's very diverse. And I'm in classrooms. Most classrooms in high school that I went to, that's honor classes, were mostly white children and maybe a few speckle of black kids. Right. Or like Asians. It's not like that. And when you go to a classroom, it's fully black. Right. Um, at an HBCU, it's a definitely culture shock. So the biggest thing that you can teach her is put her in different programs where she can see other races and see her skin tone and see like, you know, we don't want to ever dismiss her white side because that's just as much as part of her as black side. Right. I think the best that you can do is as time go on is, you know, you learning yourself as you as she grows up. And right. I think that it's going to, you're going to be an awesome mom. 
I'm so happy. Yes. Absolutely. And congratulations, girl. <laughs> you and your yes. you're so much. United. Yes. I can't wait to see it on Instagram. I'm so happy for you. Thank um, you. Whenever I come back to Champagne, I don't know when. Yes. Please come visit us. We've got to get the kids together. Yeah. Or if you have come to Nashville, you can always come hang out with us. Yes, I want to. Yeah. Oh, yes. My Instagram is Allie, A-L-L-Y dot Lindgren, L-I-N-D-G-R-E. Okay, cool. We're going to go follow you, girl. And Mila has a page, too. Oh, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> She's a model. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's her page again? Um, it's Mila Pierre, I think. There might be some, hold on. There might be some underscores under that. I've never had to answer that before. Bear with me. Let's see. Oh, Mila underscore underscore Pierre. P-I-E-R-R-E. Yes, yeah, so I'm about to go follow her now. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I want to just personally thank you for doing this interview, talking to us. I know sometimes a lot of these questions aren't asked, so they could be difficult to answer. I'm so happy that you joined us, and um, thank you, you guys, for thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you for listening. This was a great topic. I wanted to bring this up because um, this season we're talking about what is motherhood, and motherhood is in so many ways different for everyone. And I'm just so happy that you were comfortable to talk about yeah. that with us. Because it could be a very sensitive topic. Oh, definitely. Thank and thank you for making me feel comfortable on the other end as well. <laughs>